What's up, everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the Expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the Betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're going to get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Okay, today we're going to talk about the mashup, the train wreck, the impact of spirituality or the impact that spirituality has as you go through addiction and recovery. And this is something that we get questions on all the time. Yes. So, um, Ash, you filled most of these questions. Tell me what some of the notion is, some of the, some of the questions that you get from people. So people, uh, it's mostly women who reach out the betrayed side who are asking where my spirituality was during your addiction mm-hmm. when we were not getting help where it's been when we were getting help, like full-time working recovery, and then where it is now. Mm-hmm. They're also asking where you fit into that. So did you leave the church um, for the t- for a time? Did you question God? Did Were you mad at God? Uh, those types of things. So um, to be clear, like we are talking about our religion. Um, doesn't mean this fits your religion out mm-hmm. there who are, who are listening. Uh, but the question is asked, so we're answering it. We are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we're um, Christians and we believe that Jesus is Lord. And honestly, we're, we're pretty mainstream when it comes to like religion. Yeah. We're pretty mainstream. I mean, we're not fanatical on any stretch the word I would, I would say. So. Heck no. Okay. So um, I'm going to straight up answer from me. So okay. uh, during the time of addiction, when we were not seeking help, I just went and I didn't um, practice a lot of alone time um, spirituality on my own. Um, I stopped praying. Um, and I've always like prayer came really easy for me. It was like an easy check that list. Like that's not a problem for me. And it soon became something that I was like not even doing anymore. Um, and as far as reading scripture, same thing. Like it was... Uh, too hard for me to fit that in. So I just didn't. Um, when we started recovery, uh, it was really hard for me to go to church and I'm in a leadership role in the women's group within our church. And, um, you know, when lessons are structured around marriage, family, and the blessings that come from those types of things, it's really hard to go and listen when those things aren't happening at home. And because no one really knew our story, I was very private with our story, you know. Super. Until now, um, I kind of fought that battle alone. And so I told uh, my leader and just said, hey, this is where I'm at. I am not, I haven't like left the church. I haven't lost my testimony. I just can't do some of the things that are required of me right now, which is I can't go to uh, the women's group, which is called Relief Society. It on certain meetings. So I would look ahead, look at the lesson. If I knew it was going to be a trigger for me, I wouldn't go. And I would just go home and listen to like, um, some sort of talk or read my own scripture so that I felt like uplifted rather than going home feeling defeated. And I feel like church isn't supposed to make us feel bad, but it can, Mm -hmm. it definitely can. And that's sometimes the culture and, you know, rude things people say without thinking or shameful comments, but it's also our own stuff. And the guilt and the shame that comes mm-hmm. with the commandments, right? <laughs> um, um, the next thing was um, we have a thing called the temple, going to the temple and doing work there for other people and for ourselves. 
And I took a break from that. And I was told, oh, it will help you. It will help you. And I just, I couldn't do it. It was that reminder of what I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And um, my opinion is do what feels right for you. And so it was something that you actually were going to the temple when I wasn't going to the temple. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of in different planes in that way. So um, for me right now, I'm, I do what I can. So I listen to scripture. I listen to um, devotionals and I do have prayer. We do, we've done it as a family forever. Um, so we do things that I think are trying to connect us spiritually in very um, different ways mm-hmm. than we ever have before. But we do it in like, like we've always said, like baby steps, totally. like just little amounts so that we're not like going crazy and falling out. I would also identify one thing that just came to mind that you, that you started doing only probably within the last like 12 months is you learn how to say no. Totally. And, and, and create your own boundaries because, um, in, in the Mormon church, there is, um, it, a it's, lot of it's all Christian lay ministry. It's all lay ministry, meaning yeah. they're, they're not paid. It, right. It's all volunteer work. And right. so, because of that, um, you get asked a lot yeah, when you can do a there's lot. There's always great need. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. It's true with like any organization where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Yeah. And it same just so happens totally. And it just so happens that you're in that same place. But I think what you've learned to do is to, like, you, like we've I boundaried said. myself and I've boundaried it in so many different areas of my life. And church is one of them. Um, if I feel like I can't do um, what's being asked of me, I, was, I still fulfilled callings. I still did when I was. Um, deep in betrayal and addiction mm-hmm. with you and when we were in recovery. But that doesn't mean I was like going to every single, we weren't having meetings every week. We weren't doing those types of things. Mm-hmm. We were doing what I could do. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm lucky enough to have um, a leader right now who she doesn't have meetings to have meetings. Yeah. She has meetings with purpose. So we don't meet Very often. Um, every week. It's like every quarter. And yeah. I like that. Which is cool. Yeah. So a lot of efficiencies there. Um, okay. So the, so I would say that the, the bigger impact for me, and I, I live for most of my life with this. And mm-hmm. I, what I would say is, is, is Kobe in addict mode when, when I was there and would go to church, it was, um, I always knew that there was this, I was kind of like this, this man divided, mm-hmm. right? Like there was this deep, dark side of me that I didn't want anybody to know, but I also knew that there was a part of me that just that, that, that was good. Mm-hmm. And I, my addiction would, would, would mash that down deep down inside. But I also knew that it's just that that's, that's what God saw. And so when I would be in church and I would feel like if I was just after relapse, I would feel a lot of guilt, like a lot of guilt. And oftentimes it would manifest in, in terms of tears. But if I would, if it was been sometimes since, since relapse or acting out, um, I would feel motivated to take action, motivated to be more faithful, motivated to demonstrate in my own action um, that I was willing to follow. So um, that was kind of the ebbs and the flows of my spirituality. That was really kind of like, that, that represented really my um, connectedness to, connectedness to, my ability to connect to to God, really, depending on how, how sober I was or wasn't. Yeah. And Your worthiness um, factor. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was my own worst judge. It didn't matter what anybody else said. I could judge myself worse than anybody else. But um, I would also say that once recovery started, I realized that I had a super skewed relationship with God. That I viewed God as as um, a God of punishment and of vengeance. 
And, and that's often perpetrated in the Old Testament, to be sure. Right. But um, what I came to learn for myself, this is only for me, is that um, God was more merciful and loving yeah. than I ever realized he was. And so, I feel like we both come to that more like it's not black and white. Like God is not black and white. And I think that's probably where we were at. Yeah. In all the years of addiction and betrayal. And that's why it was maybe hard. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, you go grab that actually. <laughs> so, um, so I think for me, it took, a t- it took time in, in recovery to feel, we had someone knock on the door. We had, we, it took time for, um, for me to be able to redefine my relationship with God, realizing that, um, there was more good in me than there wasn't. And it was hard for me to accept that, that that was always the case for me before. So, um, there have been times in the last, like, I can say this. Quite honestly, and this will probably shock some people, but I was super consistent with my with uh, my prayers morning and night, probably for the first twelve years of marriage, really since I was a kid. Um, but they were very rote, and um, there wasn't a lot of heart in those. And if there was a lot of heart, it was out of desperation. But as I started recovery, um, there was a um, there was a change. And so my communication with God is more ongoing throughout the day. But I can say probably now that there's probably been twice in the last 12 months where I've knelt down on my bedside and prayed. And that will shock some people, I think. And that's okay. And, and I'm okay with that because I'm much more secure with my relationship with God, realizing that, that um, not only um, has my relationship changed, and it needed to, um, but I realized that there was always more good in me than there wasn't that um, I could communicate with God, that God was much more loving and more merciful w- in viewing me than I ever, ever gave him credit for. And sometimes when, when, when my own unworthiness were self-imposed unworthiness, when, when I would be in kind of sackcloth and ashes in that particular place, it would blind me to all the good that God actually delivered in my life. Right. So um, spirituality for me, um, I, I never questioned my faith. Um, really what I did was I, I just redefined how I viewed God. Um, and when I was in addiction, he was very much, um, fire and brimstone and damnation. And now I realize that, um, God is, God is so much more of love than I ever gave him credit to be. Okay. So I don't know if you, I missed, I stepped out for a moment, but, um, did you, we were talking earlier about how you looked at, like there was, it would be so much easier to leave church and step away and say, I'm not a member anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because that would relieve the guilt. Totally. That send, is sent from God. You to know, guilt sure. is good. It's meant for, to help us change and right. to, to progress. Whereas shame is more cultural and it's meant, it's um, shame. Shame is a matter. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> and from it Satan. And it keeps us stuck and it keeps us feeling like we are uh, never going to make progress. I can't get over this. So um, I beg to differ with the whole, if I leave the church, then all this goes away. Like I don't feel the guilt anymore. And to adequately represent that, I, I, there were times when I felt that way. Like if I looked you in the eye for me, that was like, I shrank from that because I didn't want to look you in the eye right? because of my own guilt. And and I would look at other, but, but I would, that would also be the case at church. It was like, I was so uncomfortable looking people in the eye as the acting, as the addict. Right. That I wanted to just shrink. I wanted to just hide. I didn't want to be in that place. So it was easier. And some guys reasoned it, that it's easier for me to find, um, you know, whatever, um, reason ABC, I mean, ha- 10 reasons why 
I don't want to go back to church because I simply want to remove myself from mm-hmm. that place of feeling so bad. But And, and I right. have those thoughts too. So my, my point on that is to say that um, for whatever reason, I just held on. I don't know. I, I, just, I just held on. I didn't necessarily doubt my faith, but my relationship just changed. Right. And I never got that far down that rabbit hole. And so here's my take on that, um, just from the outside looking in. Um, if you have those thoughts of whatever church you're in to say, hey, if I step away from church and just become a non-spiritual person, uh, you lack, you lack connection. Um, if you choose to still do addiction and say, you know what, it's not a moral issue. It's, there's so much more that goes with addiction. Addiction is the opposite of connection. And so it does affect your life mm-hmm. in other forms, not just religion. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's where I beg to differ, like, oh, taking away church and I'm good. Not necessarily. It, it, I mean, there's no question that God can be found in other people um, who are within any religious religious organization. Like there can be love and, and connection found in other people who have maybe gone through similar roads. And so the human interaction, God can be found in other people. I get and when that. you go to church, you can find point. that. <laughs> I, I know that, but I, I'm, I'm adding to what you're saying. My okay. point is to say is um, that the, the connection, being there, interacting with people, Right. Hugely, it, it, it's been hugely important for me. And once we actually shared our story, this isn't everybody's road, but once we shared our story, what I found was is the people that I thought would judge me Didn't. were actually embracing me right. and thanking me for speaking and sometimes my truth. Sometimes the opposite. The people you thought would support you were like, ooh, can't yeah, that. yeah. For to to be sure, to be sure, and that just I mean, people that's a whole separate topic. But um, so anyways. that's that's the basics. Um, we we hung in there to the spirituality that we had, but we definitely had the roller coaster rides. And so whatever your position is right now, whether you've left the church that you belong to, um, there is no right or wrong, mm-hmm. but part of, um, I believe, and what they're, they're shown studies with Dr. Skinner at Adult Recovery has proven, um, is that one of the steps of intimacy is spirituality. So it's finding that connection in some way. By having religious affiliation right, of some and, sort. and having social interaction within and the context service. of that social interaction at church. So whatever spiritual um, context you need, find an organization that fosters the same ideas and concepts. Totally. Go there, be a part of it because that social interaction will foster love and connection right. no matter what it is. So if you guys are interested in hearing about um, this course that I took on intimacy and the different layers of intimacy. It was really good. Um, Bloom offers it, bloomforwomen.com, and you can get a free code for a week, seven-day trial, I believe, through us. So you just shoot us an email, ashlynandkobe at gmail.com, and we can send you that little code. Actually, the little code is super easy. Oh, it's just AC? Yeah, capital A, capital C. There That's you go. It. That's it, guys. But you can still email us if you really mm-hmm. want to just say hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, bloomforwomen.com. There's so many great things on there that you could accomplish in Completely. seven days. Completely. If you got questions, guys, shoot us an email. Find us on betrayedaddictedexpert.com or Ashlyn and Kobe. There's a Facebook page there. I'm um, glad you guys are with us. Yep.